What's going on, my friend? Welcome to another episode of Optimize Your Body podcast. And I hope you had a fantastic Christmas and you're looking forward to maybe some celebrations at New Year, because I certainly am. I'm going to be having a few gins. My favorite gin, by the way, for any gin lovers out there, is Rockyu. It's a Japanese gin. Rockyu. Have that with a, you have to fill your glass up with ice, plenty of ice, and then six slices of fresh ginger, right? Really thin, long slices. Boom, mix it in. Epic. It's my favorite drink. It hits differently and it's super refreshing. Anyway, shouldn't really be recommending that, but come on, we got to live a little. If you're going to drink, do it properly. You know what I mean? Uh, but look, my friend, I, with the last, this is the last episode, obviously, of 2022. And I wanted to really just jump on and share my 10 biggest lessons and insights from 2022. I was just doing some journaling and brainstorming. And I think some of these lessons are going to be super valuable to you, right? So look, I'm going to get stuck in as usual, get straight into it. And 10 lessons, right? So you can call these lessons, insights, whatever you want to call them, wisdom bombs, right? This is wisdom I'm sharing with you, right? So tune in. So the first one, right, is, you know, we talk about this all the time, but one of the, you know, the, there's different pillars, people have different concepts, right? But let's just, let's just say today, because I don't know I keep moving the goalposts with this, right? But let's just say when it comes to true health, there's five pillars of health, okay? You've got your gut microbiome, which is key your training, your exercise, your sleep, and then the big one, which is social connections, okay? Community, relationships, right? So the first lesson was don't spend time with energy vampires or assholes, right? Because they will suck your energy and stop you moving forward in life, my friend, okay? Now, this is something that I have learned in the past, but without going into detail, it was just reinforced to me this year. I did more traveling, went back home for two months, back to the UK in the summer, and yeah, just learn a lot more about myself, right? So look, spending time with assholes or energy vampires, whatever you want to call them, they'll literally suck your energy like a vampire and they'll kill your vibe and stop you really, or at least be a massive hindrance in terms of you achieving what you want to achieve with whether that be your health and fitness, whether that be just in life in general. So that was a big one, right? So that's number one. And we all know, you know, your net, I always say this all the time but your net worth is your network. It's that simple, right? We all know you become an average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? And that is real. That's true. The second one is success is 5% brains and 95% consistency. This is mainly talking about success. I guess you could talk about this. This is mainly business from a business perspective or whatever, but this relates to health and fitness as well, right? Success is 5% brains and 95% consistency. Now, this next part I wanted to drop is more relative to your health and fitness journey, right? Success or you know, fitness success, getting in shape, it's all relative. It's the compound effect of your behaviors and habits over a certain period of time, right? Over X amount of years. For example, when you look at success with business or your body, right? This is not going to sound sexy. People who are in absolutely phenomenal shape and all year rounds, generally that's at least a decade. Like I said to you before, you're looking at at least a decade of, of hard work, right? Uh, and the same goes for business, right? It's it's 10 years of consistency, basically. 5% brains, 95% consistency. So again, it's all relative, but remember your success and what you achieve with your health and fitness or any area of life um, is basically just a compound effect of your behaviors and habits and decisions. Uh, it's just a series of behaviors, really. So, you know, if you're not really looking to, you know, if you're not look, if you're not really working on yourself and you're not uh, prioritizing, you know, being 80% consistency, for example, with your, your health and fitness and working on whatever behaviors you have to put in place to achieve that, then ultimately it's always going to be, you know, it's always going to be disappointment. You know what I mean? So the third one is, you know, there's a difference between losing 
and being defeated, my friend, right? So an example I want to use for this is my jiu-jitsu comp, right? I did a jiu-jitsu comp last year, this year, sorry, and I lost, right? I had one fight, and it was a knockout thing, right? So my first fight lost, and basically that was the end of the tournament. And I was like, what? I wanted to keep going. My adrenaline was pumping, and I was like, okay, that's it. It's a wrap. So I went and had a few drinks with some of the other lads to drown my sorrows. <laughs> nah, nah. But look, if I lost and I didn't compete again, then I've been defeated, right? But because I said to you on the last podcast, I'm aiming to do you know at least two jiu-jitsu comps. I'm going to do at least two jiu-jitsu comps in 2023. You know that means it was just a loss. It was a it was a lesson, a valuable lesson. I'll bounce back and I'll be better next time. But if I did never go back, then I've been defeated. And there's a fundamental difference between losing and learning a lesson and getting defeated. And again, this is relative to any area of life, especially with your health and fitness. How many times do people set out on their health and fitness journey? And as I always say, perhaps they change too much at once, or they just haven't worked on their behaviors and put enough work in, in terms of discipline or whatever. And then they've ended up back at square one, if not worse, right? And then ultimately, when you end up quitting, um, you've been defeated, right? You, you know, you haven't learned, you, you know, it hasn't, because really it is, the way I look at it is rather than looking at it as failure, when you fail on something, just look at it as it was a, an attempt. It was just another attempt that didn't work and you're going to go again. But if you fail and you quit, you've been defeated, my friend, right? Simple as that. Number four is discipline equals freedom. And I think Jocko Willink talks about this, right? If anyone knows who Jocko Willink is, absolute savage. Um, but this is something that stuck with me for years. Uh, as soon as he said it, I thought, wow. And I started really thinking about it in my daily, again, my daily behaviors, my actions, my decisions. And ultimately, dis discipline does equal freedom, right? This year, I've traveled. Um, I've had some incredible experiences. Like I said, I went back home for two months, traveled around Europe, had the phenomenal time, you know, and I built that freedom. Obviously, my whole business is online now, which is fantastic and work anywhere in the world. Uh, but ultimately, this is years of discipline with my body and my business paying off. And the body and the health is the most important thing, as I always say anyway. All that discipline I put in, you know, I've been lifting weights for, you know, almost two decades now, the best part of two decades anyway. Yeah, almost two decades, for example, um, and, and just being consistent, really. That is all that discipline over the years, that compound effect and the, the, the changes I've made in terms of my sleep routine, all those things that I always talk about has enabled me to have so much freedom. You know what I mean? So remember that, my friend, right? Taking care of yourself and actually putting your self-care first is going to allow you to show up better, first and foremost. Like I say, you can't serve from an empty vessel. And then as a side effect of that, you're going to have more freedom, right? Because you're going to be able to be at your best. You're going to be more productive with work. Your relationships are going to be better. And ultimately, that's going to create you. That's going to enable you to be more present, uh, have a better quality of life, therefore have more freedom. Okay? So that's number four. Discipline equals freedom. Number five is building a relationship. I know this is quite deep today, but again, it's all relative. Building a relationship takes a lot of work. Full transparency. I officially have a girlfriend now, right? And ultimately, you know, I there was a few ups and downs, right? We've been, we, you know, we met each other back in June. It's now December. And cut a long story short, there was a few ups and downs, right? I mean, it was it's it's amazing. She's by far. You know, she's awesome. And, you know, I've never felt like this about anyone before. I'm getting really soppy on you now, aren't I? Bloody hell. Um, and thankfully, it all worked out. Uh, but cut a long story short, you know, a lot of kind of childhood traumas. I'm not going to blame it on that. But childhood traumas, you know, my upbringing or whatever, um, having experienced a lot of domestic violence. And, you know, pretty much a single mother brought me up. Um, and without going too much into that, and there was other, other factors playing a part as well. It's not just that. But all these things need to be worked on. 
So I had another therapy session. We actually did a couples therapy session as well, just the one which worked really well, helped to help us connect and unpack a few things. Um, and I know you're thinking, well, this is really in the relationship for all that. But ultimately, I wanted to nip it in the bud because uh, I almost sabotaged it. I'm going to be full transparent, uh, fully transparent here. Uh, but now it's all good. And it happened for a reason because now we appreciate each other much more and everything's smooth sailing. And, you know, uh, all I wanted to say is a relationship does take work, right? So, you know, you have to learn from your past mistakes and, you know, traumas and whatever else and just working on your level of self-awareness in terms of how you show up in a relationship and, you know, certain things that may trigger you or, uh, you know, whether that be commitment, whether that be anything at all, right? So, you know, you've got to learn from your previous mistakes and traumas and you've got to put that into work. Ultimately, building the relationship, if you ask me, is harder than building a body and building a business, all in all, I would say. Because if you're having issues with your relationship or your relationships, this doesn't have to be a lover. This could be family, friends, whatever. Um, in fact, research shows that uh, it's the equivalent to smoking like 15 cigarettes a day or something. If you've got bad relationships, stressful relationships in your life, and it's literally the most important important thing, right? Meaningful interactions with people. So if you're not prioritizing that, and ultimately if one of your relationships is bad, like it affects every area, right? It affects for me anyway, you know, when I go through stress and relationships or whatever, and it's really stressful, um, you know, it affects my, or any stressful event, it affects my sleep. And then that has a knock on effect in terms of my workouts and then my productivity and everything else, right? Because of stuff you've got on your mind or whatever else, right? So that's a big one. Building a relationship takes work. And then number six is honesty is the best policy, right? Now I know this anyway, uh, and I always keep it real, but ultimately I wanted to share this with you. Stay true to yourself and keep it real, right? And again, you know, being authentic, ultimately just being yourself and it's easier said than done, right? But being yourself, not giving a, this, this actually ties into it, not giving a fuck, excuse the French, not giving a fuck about what people think really. And that's a very hard thing to do because, you know, naturally we do uh, as humans care about what other people think, right? Because we want to be uh, accepted, you know, it's, it's a huge part of our DNA, but ultimately, you know, you have to stay true to yourself, keep it real, uh, do your thing and don't try and be anyone else. Just be yourself and be honest as well, right? Honesty is always the best policy, right? So yeah, anyway, this is all kind of interlinked to true health anyway, right? I know it's quite deep today. Uh, the next one, number seven, is invest in yourself, right? Now, I've said this before, but invest in yourself. I've, I've invested in a mentor. I invested in a mentor almost three years ago, one of the best investments I've ever made. I've always invested in myself. And, you know, my clients, for example, when they invest in me, you know, the amount of clients have said to me, this is the best investment I've ever made and if only I'd have done this years ago, you know what I mean? If only I'd have done this years ago, then I wouldn't have wasted X amount of years, you know what I mean? Spinning my wheels and, you know, not being at my best and, and basically struggling, you know what I mean? So it's always the best investment you can make is investing in yourself, all right? That's huge. Number eight is prioritize your sleep routine. I always talk about this. Don't want to bore you with this, right? But, you know, I can't I can stress this enough. It's always work in progress. For example, the last two days, I haven't had great sleep. I'm still. I'm not going to go into detail. I'm still trying to put my finger on it, but I don't want to. I don't want to bore you with that, right? Uh, but basically, I think it still might be caffeine playing a part. Um, potentially eating, eating a big meal, even though I cut my food off by about 6 p.m. because I have a big meal. I'm still trying to figure it out. It's very complex. I'm tracking my sleep right now. But ultimately, coming away from electronics or coming away from your phone at least 60 to 90 minutes before bed has been life changing for me. Uh, and I said this on the last podcast, but even if it's like investing in a pair of. Uh, nighttime, you know, the blue light blocker glasses with the amber lens, they look a bit hit and miss, but 
they really do the trick. And I, sh- I like, I, I'm not going to talk about it again because I talked about it in the last episode. But putting those things on at least three hours before bed makes it, and you don't have to do anything then. You just put them on, right? But you do want to practice in place because that's going to um, optimize your sleep even more. Coming away from electronics, dimming the lights down, living by candlelight at least a few hours before bedtime, or using those red salt lamps. Uh, you know, reading the book, doing some deep breathing. This is all the stuff that I do, you know, at least 60 to 90 minutes before bed to prepare myself for a good sleep. And it's been absolutely life-changing, all right? And the most, whilst we're on that topic, the most important thing for your sleep, above all, a recent study pointed to the fact that getting te- at least 10 minutes of daylight in the morning, believe it or not, so getting outside in the morning and getting daylight is the most important thing for your circadian rhythm and therefore your sleep quality. And that's relating to hormones such as melatonin, cortisol, all the rest of it, right? So what you do in the morning actually sets you up for the sleep in the nighttime. And it's the most important thing, right? So a little nugget there for you, right, on sleep. Number nine is alcohol messes with your sleep, right? Alcohol really fucks with your sleep. Excuse the French again. You have to give it at least, and this is something I learned the other week. I mentioned this with when I had a chat with uh, Andrew Bond, but literally I had three drinks. I was timing it. I had three beers, right? And I've noticed as well, what I think of a beer, it takes my body a lot longer to metabolize it because of all the compounds and chemicals in it and probably the wheat and everything else. So what I've come to realize is I'm just like, I mentioned gin, right? I'm going to switch to gin now because I love it first and foremost. It hits me a bit harder and gets me drunk quicker. <laughs> Not that I get smashed anyway, uh, but also I think I'll be able to metabolize it better, but we'll see. What I've noticed with beer is that that messes with my sleep. So you've got to give it at least an hour before every drink you have. Ideally, you've got to give it at least an hour before you go to bed, i.e. if you have three drinks, you've got to give it at least three hours before you go to bed. It really messes with your sleep. And I track this, right? And you won't know, like... These things you're not going to know as well, my friend, right? So you're probably thinking, oh, yeah, no, I sleep fine on alcohol. You don't. It's simple as that, right? It doesn't work like that. Uh, the body has to try and flush out GABA and all the toxins, so you, you're not going to get a good deep sleep. Your REM sleep is going to be affected as well, primarily. So, you know, until you actually optimize these things, and like with the blue light blockers, for example, in sleep, you have to wear them consistently, Right. And then when you stop wearing them, for example, that's when you'll notice, oh, shit, I really notice now that blue light stimulates my brain and I feel more wired. You have to be consistent with things to get the benefits first to notice what it's like when you stop doing them, for example, right? So that's the ninth one. Alcohol really messes with your sleep, right? So give it at least one hour um, for every drink you have before you go to bed, right? Minimum, ideally. You know, it's impossible. That, well, it's not impossible, but it's hard to be perfect with this stuff, especially over New Year and stuff, right? Well, most of us are probably going to take a little bit of a hit, but being aware of that, alcohol is the worst thing for sleep, and that'll have a knock-on effect on so many areas, right? The last one, my friend, last but not least, is journaling is underrated, right? So I use it more as a tool now. I don't do it every day, but brain dumping my thoughts is an incredible tool for my stress and self-awareness, and this has been proven in research as well. For example, talking about sleep, doing a brain dump before bed, especially if you've got a lot on your mind, you're more stressed than usual, simply just dump those fears, thoughts, and feelings onto a piece of paper before you go to bed. And that's been proven to help with sleep quality. And simply just writing down, for example, your top three goals, uh, top three priorities, what you've got to do the next day really does help with sleep. And it stops you going to sleep with all that stress and potentially having higher cortisol levels and everything else, right? Uh, But journaling is such a fantastic tool. Um, I've had my clients using, uh, depends on the client, but I've had clients using six minute diary. In fact, I got my girlfriend that as well this year, and she's been using that and having some good benefits from it. So it's called six minute diary. If you want a bit more structure and you know, you want to have some prompts in there in terms of questions, you can just answer the questions and journal properly. Uh, personally, I just prefer to brain dump 
and sometimes ask myself questions like, you know, like three things I'm grateful for, for example, and really put an intensity into that. You know, what was my biggest lesson today? What's my most important things I've got to get got to do tomorrow? Um, why am I feeling like this? You know, um, for example, just and I'll just dump. I'll just dump my thoughts down. I'll just put pen to paper. I'll just keep writing and don't stop. It's basically a brain vomit, right? But journaling, my friend, is underrated, right? So, you know, for stress and self-awareness and everything else, uh, highly recommended. And I always push my clients or a lot of my clients anyway to journal. Um, and it doesn't have to be something you do every single day. Um, but ideally, you want to start doing it every day. Like anything else, there's that repetition at the start at least. So you get that habit cemented in, you know what I mean? And get the benefits from it. Um, so that's pretty much a wrap, my friend. I hope one or two of those uh, wisdom bombs or knowledge bombs were helpful for you. And I'm wishing you a happy new year in advance. Roll on 2023. This is the last episode of the year, like I said. Looking forward to some of the exciting stuff that we've got coming in 2023 on the podcast. Um, as I always say, please make sure you follow the podcast on Spotify or subscribe on iTunes. Um, you know, and then one more thing, my friend, as well. I love. I always say this, but I'd love to actually connect with you. So if you and and also, you know, if you feel like this was valuable or any particular episode you thought was valuable, share it on your Instagram story or whatever, and tag me at Martin Silver Fitness. Um, I'd love to connect with you and see where you're at in the world. Um, yeah, or just drop me a DM if you have any questions or any feedback from the podcast. It'd be massively appreciated. Just DM me on Instagram at Martin Silver Fitness. Uh, but make sure you follow or subscribe. And my friends, I'm really looking forward to bringing you some incredible value in 2023, right? So speak to you very soon. Over and out. <laughs>